Well, what a great start to this topic, hearing from God, hearing God's voice. Um, woke up this morning to cracks of thunder, as I think we all did, and I, uh, God's sense of humor, maybe, um, because thunder is associated with God's voice. You probably know that. But for instance, in uh, John 12, um, very shortly before Jesus died, um, a group of people from the, the Greek community came to see Jesus, and he um, was foretelling the, the imminent crucifixion, but he talked about uh, the grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying. And, and then there was this tremendous crack of thunder, and half the people thought it was just thunder, and the other heard God's voice. This is my beloved son. I am glorifying him, and I will glorify his name again. And I thought, isn't that interesting? People can hear the same thing, and their ears are tuned differently. So I hope everybody, by God's grace, is able to be tuned to what I'm saying today. Um, I think I was reflecting on the last few years of Marty's ministry. He has been preparing us over and over again for precisely this. Living in God's presence and hearing his voice. And in Ephesians, remember that wonderful prayer that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened to know the hope of which he, to which he's called us. And sometimes, remember Marty encouraged us to put our eyes, uh, put our hands over our eyes and put our hands over our ears so that we would be anointed to see and to hear and to experience what he has for us. So I'm going to just invite us to do that. Father God, we want to hear you freshly today. I believe that even though much of this is going to be very familiar to most people here, there will be something old and familiar that needs to be reminded of and something new and refreshing. We pray that all of this will be to your glory and we pray these things in your holy name and by your Holy Spirit. So we pray for our eyes, that the eyes of our heart will be enlightened our ears, that our ears will be tuned, that our hearts will be open to receive, that every part of our body now will be submitted to what you want to do or to reveal of yourself through your servant this morning. Amen. Interesting, this started with um, James asking for this message of hearing God's voice. And I happen to have a book called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And, and James said to me, oh, that looks, that looks good. Do you think that could be part of a series? Well, I, when I read the book, I didn't really feel so. But interestingly, um, the book had been given to me by a friend in Christchurch who was doing a course from America. And she was finding this book intensely frustrating because she didn't experience God in the ways that the book indicated. And she was wondering, and she was struggling with her way, which was very different. So I was reflecting on those things, and then I walked into the children's room one day, and there was the message for today, beautifully outlined on the walls. And if it looks a little bit funny, it's because I photocopied some of the key passages from there, and I just thought, wow, if our kids are getting this, this is good food, and we can all share it and enjoy it. So, hearing God's voice, that's our message. And it's every, every Sunday you want to be reminded of it, just go into that middle room and you, you can see it. We've been talking about peace this morning, and I think 
Resting in God's presence is a huge part of this. Quieting ourselves, inviting the Holy Spirit, which is what we've been doing, and taking time. And, and all of you have taken more than a few minutes. You're taking substantial time to hear God today. And I think that's very, very pleasing to him. And it's, if you're like me, you do need to, at some point, record what you've seen or heard. I find that so encouraging. Today I went through it and the Lord was reminding me of so much important stuff. Oh, what's happening? Okay, I'm, I'm now on the third one. Okay, now, communication. How does God speak to us? You know, he is always communicating. If you look at Genesis 1, it begins with God speaking. And he keeps on speaking to us. But when he made us, I think it's amazing to reflect on the fact he made us so that we are incredibly attuned to him. And so the word voice is perhaps misleading because I think God communicates with us in a very wide range of ways and I want to go through those this morning. That we are designed, if you like, by our incredibly wise creator God to be attuned to hear him in all these different ways. We're going to go through some of them. And I was thinking again, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it sort of has a new meaning. It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, or also translated your spiritual worship. Okay, so our spiritual worship to present our bodies. And when we do that, we can expect that our bodies are going to receive the message that God wants to have for us. And these come in a whole variety of ways. His voice, certainly. And creation. If you do an analysis of what people, how people experience God, um, I've always found that number one is creation. People nearly always say this. And as I was reflecting on that, I was just looking outside of our window at our garden and everything else, and this little sparrow just came and sat on the fence. And I thought, well, that's not random. That beautiful little sparrow, I find them such elegant little birds with their greys and browns and their, their dainty little feathers. That little bird with its bright little eyes came at this very moment, Creator God knew, and then I was reminded of that verse about the sparrow, how Jesus said, you know, every sparrow, the sparrow may just be sold. In those days, they would, they would sell them for next to nothing, just a few coins. But... They're known to God, and even the fall of a sparrow is known to him. And then he goes on to say, are you not worth more than many sparrows? So that wee sparrow on the fence spoke to me. And I find that that was just a second's glance out the window, how easily God can communicate to us through nature. And feelings is another one. Especially notice if you're feeling something different. This sometimes comes to me as a warning. It can come as a joyful thing. Some, suddenly I experience great joy and then I pause and reflect, what's making me so happy? And it may be something I've heard, something I've seen, but it's cause for praise and thanksgiving back to God. But sometimes it's a warning to me and that happens to me maybe because I'm a reader. It happens to me mainly in shops, bookshops. Um, I remember going into an um, airport bookshop in India and I suddenly felt this incredible, so heavy I could hardly lift my feet and then I looked around and it was full of these very occult books and, and idolatrous books and I just felt like the Lord was saying get out of that place it's toxic you don't want to be in there and you certainly don't want to buy anything there so I just got out as fast as possible I don't know if you've had that experience but sometimes we need to 
pay attention to what we're feeling. Maybe it's a really good thing, but maybe it's a warning thing. That's God speaking to us. That's a communication. This is one of my favorites, and I think it's a favorite of most people in this church. We love hearing God through music. I, I have a very early memory of, of sitting um, on the floor in India, and we used to have rice, and, and picking out the grains of rice, which is a fairly boring job, and just singing. And I realize now that I was singing in the spirit. At the time, I just didn't know what I was doing, but I found as I sang, I was crying. And it was worship to God. But it was years before I was officially baptized in the Spirit and understood what it was all about. But, I could, but it was a very vivid memory. And now I have been given another very lovely, I, I believe, lovely gift. I, I sort of feel like it's angels singing in my ears. Every single morning, almost without exception, I wake up with a song. Um, the... For, a number of times lately it has been that one, make this place an altar, make this place an altar. Sing, my heart will sing. And that's a lovely way to wake up in the morning. Yes, I want to wake up and immediately get down and praise him and thank him. But this morning, probably because of, I had so many things on my mind when I went to sleep last night. I'd heard stuff from overseas that was heavy and challenging. Um, there's stuff here which is unclear, which is... Um, very important. There are all sorts of things sort of coming, and of course the message this morning, and just thinking of all these things. And I went to bed, I just felt I had to put that bundle, all those bundles down, not just one, lots of big bundles down, and, and just ask the Lord for sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, it was that wonderful, very old song of, I don't think I've sung it for decades, all the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? And wow, it was just the most, oh, I must find out all the words for that. Just such a, a beautiful song reminding me that he's never let me go. He's always led me and he will continue to do so. And it just, just was such a beautiful gift from God. Him speaking to me, I've always led you, I will keep on leading you. A number of people in this church get new songs. Even, wasn't it, little Isaac had a lovely song about heaven. So, you know, even the smallest child can be given a new song from God. We've been singing Anna Beatty's lovely songs, which bless us. And many others in this church also have that, have that gift, which is a way of us being tuned into what God wants to speak to us. Now, we talked already about the sounds. Thunder. That's one sound. And whenever I hear the sound of thunder, I remember that God speaks in thunder. So let's, let's be alert, let's be listening. Sometimes he speaks in the wind, as in Acts chapter 2. They heard the sound of mighty rushing wind when the Holy Spirit came in fire. Um, sometimes there's a trumpet call. Often that's a call to, to battle or action, to war. Um, these can be sounds in our ears. They can be natural sounds. The thunder was a natural sound, but sometimes it comes as a sound in our inner ear. Let's be alert to both. Pictures. Some of us have a, an ability to see, and we're very imaginative. I'm one of those people. My friend who got so frustrated was, is not. She says she's not remotely visual. So if you say to her, what was the bride wearing or what was the bridesmaid wearing, she wouldn't have the faintest because she doesn't visualize things. She says, so now she's had to train herself to go to the wedding and say, the bride is wearing a long dress or the bridesmaid is wearing pink so that she has that verbal memory to, to repeat this thing. And so God speaks to her through 
um, she's, a, she's a clinical psychologist, she's a very good one, so she, she but she uses words, she uses, um, she, she looks at a Bible story, for instance, and then she asks God to reveal fresh truth to her through that, and it comes verbally, not visually, but why not? This beautiful thing is we're all different, and, and maybe one day the eyes of her heart will be opened to see as well. He, he does these things. Okay, so um, I think a classic example of, of picture language is in Jeremiah. When uh, in chapter 1, the Lord says to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, mm, I can see an almond blossom. An almond, that's actually a pun. Lots of, lots of things in Dreams especially are puns, I've noticed. And it was a pun in the Hebrew language for watching. And, and uh, God says to him, I'm watching over my word to see that it comes about. And so look at the, look at the picture and, and maybe there's going to be a dialogue between you and God about that. Graham has lots of those and has some amazing stories, but he tells me I'm not allowed to let him speak today for some reason. <laughs> So I'm sorry, you'll have to ask him. But he, he, he has a very, very strong visual ability to, um, to see what is being hidden in order to bring revelation and to bring freedom spiritually. When we look at the pictures, maybe this, we have to look at them more carefully and maybe there's something about numbers in that picture. Um, and as we know, numbers are often significant. The three associated with God, Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I had a, a dream like that once, which was about this great feast. And there was the Father, and there was the Son, and the Spirit was actually being poured out. And I remember thinking, oh, that's strong drink. <laughs> and of course, again, it's a pun. But that's the way in which dreams often work. It was a very powerful dream, one of the most wonderful dreams of our house, absolutely crammed with people having this incredible party being thrown by Father. It's a good dream. Um, so colors also, like red for salvation and blue for healing or, or spiritual life, uh, green, new life, freshness, and so forth. So often it, the color's significant. We're thinking about that. So when we, have, when we get a picture in our mind, let's, ask, let's again dialogue with God and, and Find out what he's, what he's saying in the picture. I'm not so aware of this personally, but I read about it in the Bible. Tasting. Um, of course, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then there's the Psalm that talks, 19, I think, which talks about the sweet honey in the rock. He tastes like honey in the rock. He t his word is sweet. And, and um, in Revelation 10, um, uh, the revelator takes a little scroll and he's told that the prophetic word in this scroll will be sweet to his taste but once it's in his stomach it's going to be sour and in fact that is what he exactly experiences um, just just while I'm talking about taste and maybe I'll mention a, a dream I had um, fairly recently actually it was a dream of it was it, it was as dreams so often are, it sort of was partly in New Zealand and partly in Lebanon and partly in India because the, 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 the place looked like uh, buildings I'm familiar with in Lebanon and the people looked like Indian people I know, but the, the, what was happening, it was about 
New Zealand people. So in fact, here there were all these crammed rooms and it was bursting with people. You could hardly move. The corridors were so full you could hardly walk down the corridor. The rooms were so full you could hardly get in or out of them. Just so many people and they seemed to be young. And there were lots of guys, lots really young and incredibly excited and their faces were just up and shining. They were but they were incredibly hungry and we were trying to feed them. And there was this huge, like a big industrial kitchen. You know those big kitchens that have racks and racks and racks and racks of food? But all, nearly all the racks were empty and people were rushing out with trays and trying to get close to these people, close enough to start feeding them. And there was just so much, so much need, so much hunger. And even though this was a huge kitchen, it was beginning to empty out. And then uh, the, last, and the last tray was, was being taken out. And they were just right left behind, there was this little tiny sort of cupcake. And I, I reached out to get it. And the moment I did that, I woke up with a shock thinking, whatever did I do that for? I don't even want that cake. Why did I take that? And I felt really rebuked and upset. And so I lay there thinking, what was that dream all about? And I felt like the Lord was saying, there's going to be this incredible revival and there's going to be incredible hunger spiritually. But the food that was being offered was club sandwiches, you know, those really um, delicate, hard, quite hard to make, layers and layers of sandwich, all different fillings, crusts all cut off, um, elegantly presented, and cupcakes, which were beautifully iced. And they run out of the stuff. And it was like the Lord... And, and, and then I went to get this and I was thinking... Why? I don't even want it. And I felt like the Lord was saying, no, because that's not what's needed. All that's needed is simple, fresh bread. Ah, and I just thought, you know, maybe here in New Zealand we make life so complicated and we, we think we have to have this fancy feast for everybody, but they're just desperate for some bread. That really spoke to me. And it's, it's partly about being culturally appropriate but it's also about being spiritually appropriate. So, anyway, maybe that's for somebody here as well as me. And maybe that's for our future as well. We're looking to see that kind of thing in the very near future. As well as taste, there are smells. God reveals himself through fragrance. I think I've told some of you of, of being in South Korea. Uh, no, it wasn't in South Korea. It was in India, but talking to a South Korean woman. And she was just a sweet, lovely lady. Her, her husband was an airline pilot. Uh, she was in India. She didn't seem to have any job. She didn't have any ministry as such. She was just a gentle, prayerful woman who used to come along to the meetings now and again and support the minister. And, and so I was talking to her, and I basically said, you know, why have you come here? And she said, well... I just, just felt that's what God was asking me to do. And as she was talking, the whole room just began to smell so sweet. And I felt like the Lord was saying, it's the sweet fragrance of her sacrifice. Yeah. So she didn't have any labels, but she was very precious to, to God. Now, sometimes the thoughts pop into our head are quite random. But I really trust them. They usually come to me as a sentence about a little, like a command about five, five words long. Sometimes he'll say, speak to so-and-so, give this to so-and-so, write this to so-and-so, repent to so about so-and-so. Whatever it may be, it's often very simple, but I've tried to learn to be very obedient to those things. And I think if I'm not, I can miss out on something amazing. One day I was at the back of the, just behind Suzanne, 
and I heard very clearly, take your shoes off. Wow. I took my shoes off. I just knew that random thought was not mine because it just cut across everything I'd been thinking. I was thinking about the drumming and all sorts of stuff. Take your shoes off. Took them off and I just knelt down at the back there thinking, if I have to take my shoes off, that means this is holy ground. Now, you were talking about holy ground this morning, weren't you? This is holy ground. And I don't remember another thing that happened in the service, actually, because from then on, I was by the, the river. I think we've talked about the river. The river is, is a visual presentation, if you like, of the Spirit of God, of God being present with us. And I was in that river as I'd been a few times before. And I saw right at the back, but Jesus. Jesus, just as he was, I think, in his earthly life, as a simple peasant, aged about 30, sunburnt face, bare feet, very simple homespun garment, um, very rough uh, by today's standards, not, obviously not made in a factory, handloom. And such a wonderful face, incredible love and compassion and just, you, you can't imagine a more wonderful face, more just full of love, everything that's good. But as I was gazing at him, he began to walk towards me, and then I began to feel a bit panicky. I was thinking, oh no, he's coming to me, help. And I was thinking, what am I supposed to do? Do I kneel down? Do I touch his feet? Do I hug him? What do I do, what do I do? And he kept coming until he was right, right here, right beside me. And what I found I did, I just knelt down and just touched the corner of his garment. It was amazing. And he spoke to me, but that was just for me. But it was very special. And it was so holy, I couldn't talk about that for days. Even now I cry when I talk about it. It was a very, very profound experience. <clears throat> so I guess that was like the scripture of the holy ground, the holy ground and the river of life. And then after that, it was like a movie or a vision, more like a vision. It wasn't really like a movie because I was in it. It was like a, 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 a vision. But it felt very real, believe me. I've, I could actually feel that cloth. I could tell you exactly how it felt. The texture was so real to me. Um, sometimes God speaks through angels. Many, many times in the Old, Old Testament, it talks about angels Speaking, and of course, before Jesus was born, angels announced his birth. And during his life, angels from time to time spoke to people, confirming uh, what God was doing. And I believe that we receive the ministry of angels. We may or may not be aware of it. I believe this church certainly has the ministry of angels. I have to admit that in this case, it's not with my inward eye that I see angels. It's, a, it's a more of a an awareness that they are there, and often a sense of their size and, and the number of angels that there are there. I'm aware of that. Um, I remember sometimes here at CV, I remember it at, at Wellington Girls, and um, I remember it in some, some experiences of worship where I'm intensely aware of the number of angels around. Other times I'm sure they're here as well, but I'm just less aware of it. And maybe you have had similar things. 
I find dreams are a very special way for God to speak to us. Um, there are the dreams that are completely forgettable because they're just a jumble of all the things that have happened to you. But when you have a dream from God, I believe it's, it's quite distinct. It's in color and it, uh, the symbol, symbols are, are clear as they were in the example I gave to you earlier. And uh, they're well worth recording and reflecting on because I think sometimes what God's doing is getting below our conscious level below the level that we operate at into that deeper level and maybe sometimes revealing to us stuff that we would prefer not to think about but that he wants to draw our attention to. So he is very much wanting us to um, remember certain things maybe or to notice certain things or to see things differently from the way we have. So it's a, to me it's a very powerful way of God communicating. Often very unexpected things. But it's very exciting. I hope you're getting the idea. And I, maybe you have all of these things as well. But what I want to say is, don't be discouraged if you haven't had all of these, because I am 75. I've been around a bit longer than most of you, probably two or three times longer or four times longer than most of you. So, you know, don't, don't feel like it's surprising that I've had a few more of those experiences. It doesn't prove anything about anything except that they're available. That's all it proves. And that this is all being offered to our children. So they can have all this from day one. Um, now, the last one, which wasn't mentioned, is this one of journaling, which many of us find very helpful. And my friend um, in Christchurch, who was so discouraged about not having visions, finds this a very helpful way. And she had some great examples, which she sent to me of her conversations about, for instance, um, Lazarus's death and resurrection. So I thought I would, I would um, ask God for something for today. Um, now, you've all, most of you have read The Freedom Diaries by Mark Holloway. And you know that, that um, for many of us, it is a refreshing way of speaking. And it's a good way of, of, of um, voicing our, our questions and our concerns to the Lord. So I put here, Father, what do you want me to emphasize tomorrow to the people at CV? And this is what I believe he said to me. Rosemary, I always speak to my people. My voice is clearly expressing my word to all creation. On your earth, many other voices clamor for attention, and you choose to hear them and pay attention to what they say. I urge you to change your ways, to change your hearts, to be hungry for my word. People who live on a diet of Coke and Pepsi, popcorn, sorry, feel full. They're no longer hungry for simple nourishment. My word is plain and simple like bread, but it is healthy and it's wholesome. It nourishes and it provides growth. And then I just said, Father, evermore give us this bread. And he replied, I am giving it. You all have access to the bread of life. My servants have worked and sacrificed so that it is readily available to every one of you. I ask you to receive it. It's the word of life. It will bring you cleansing. It will bring you direction. And it will bring you shalom. I love to hear you sing and pray, but I also love you to listen and obey. And I would just remind you, while we've been talking about love, this is all about the love relationship that Creator God has with us.
each one of us individually. And all of us have a different journey and a different story. But as Chris reminded us on the 2nd of June, I think, God's love language is obedience. I'll just read that last bit to you again. I love to hear you sing and pray, but I also love you to listen and obey. I think we've got a few minutes, so what I would encourage us to do is, first of all, to do some listening, maybe just for a few minutes, and then after that, in very small groups of two or three, I'd like you to share one thought that you want to with the people around you. But first of all, let's just listen to what God's saying to each one of us individually now. What he's reminding us of, maybe, or some fresh thought that he has for us now. Our Father God asks us to love him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and also to love our neighbor as ourselves. So now we're going to just, um, in very small groups, three or four maybe, you can move around if that's uh, better to move to somebody different. Just sit in little groups and just share something that is on your heart now. Something from God, some message from him. It can be something familiar, something previously heard which has come to your attention now, or something fresh that you're hearing experiencing for the first time.